0: Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Professor Maria Corteselli is professor at the International University of Erbil in Iraq and director of its Center of Genocide Studies and Human Rights. She is currently doing research on on minorities in Iraq who have experienced various forms of mass violence, including genocide and ethnic cleansing. She was the guest of the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, where she spoke on this topic. While still in the country, she joined me at Khaifem to tell me more about her work. Professor Corticelli, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. Um, Professor, you were born in Italy. Yes. Uh, you live in the UK, and your research is in Iraq. Yes. How did you make that journey?
1: Well, it was a long journey, actually. Um, I was working in uh, the UK as an editor, and I I was uh, an assistant researcher for some uh, uh, researchers working on the Iraq and the Middle East in general. And uh, through this work, I I got uh, an invitation to start teaching at this university, the University of Erbil. And uh, so that's why I... Um, I'm from England I went to Iraq mm-hmm. uh, from Italy to England was a longer one <laughs> because uh, um, I, I, when I finished my, high, uh, my undergraduate in Italy I did my PhD studies in the United States so I left Italy for uh, Austin, Texas So I have a PhD in Latin American studies and, uh, and then after that, it was life around. I mean, you know, I just, just got married and lived in Latin America and then in England. I mean, it was a little bit complicated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we, we, we need not go into all those details. <laughs> um, <laughs> professor? In preparation for this interview I read up about Iraq And after about 20 minutes I got as far as the Bronze Age And I was absolutely fascinated about it It's a country (laughs) with a huge long history And it's never not been complicated Its history has always been tumultuous Where is Iraq at the moment?
1: Well, the situation now is very, very difficult uh, Because um, is, not, is very, very unstable from a political point of view. Uh, is always subject to violence uh, uh, by many militia groups, you know, that comes and go all the time. Uh, and uh, it's very, very difficult to foresee what is going to happen in the future. And in this moment, it's very, very fragmented. It's always been very fragmented, actually, but in this moment, is particularly fragmented because of the presence of uh, many minorities. And uh, most of them, most of the minorities are are now um, in the Kurdish region of Iraq. And uh, I don't know if your audience knows this, but uh, the relationship between the central government and the autonomous region of Kurdistan is very, very difficult in this moment After because they had an independence referendum in September. So they, they are still negotiating, you know, which kind of relationship they're going to have in the future. So it's very difficult to foresee what is going to happen because um, uh, also unfortunately the The military, you know, is always in the middle. They are at war all the time. I mean, you know, they were at war before ISIS uh, with Al-Qaeda, before Al-Qaeda with the Iraqi government and with the Ba'ath Party, uh, Saddam Hussein parties, and then then with Al-Qaeda and then with ISIS and now with uh, Al-Shabi. I mean, you know, so they are at war all the time. And this uh, continuous war situation doesn't help to the stability.
0: So who, who are the minorities in Iraq?
1: Well, the, uh, there are different minorities. There are Christians in the first place, uh, Yazidis, Kakais, Mandians, uh, uh, Jewish, very small Jewish minority, very small Jewish presence, um, and and uh, uh, also Shabbat, um, you know. So you have different many different groups. And um, unfortunately, um most of these groups, they, they have not been protected. That's because they've been the target of the violence, you know, uh, by ISIS and other groups as well. And it, it's very, very difficult to, um, you know, to, uh, to, even if, even if the Iraqi constitution, you know, in some way de- defends their rights. Uh, uh, on the ground, the rights have not been they, they're not being protected, you see. So they're very, very worried that in the future they're going to be the target again, you know, of others, you know, groups or of an Islamic uh, state. I mean, you know,
0: yeah. You mentioned different kinds of eth- ethnic groups yeah. there. Are they all equally vulnerable or are some targeted more so?
1: Well, they're targeted in different ways, okay. actually. You know, the interesting thing, I mean, if you see the way ISIS, for example, dealt with the Christians and with the Yazidis, is very different. Because uh, in his, uh, you know, ideology, ISIS, for example, targeted less the Christians. In, in this sense, I'm going to explain now because otherwise, um, because uh, Christians, uh, uh, they have a holy book.
0: Okay.
1: And they belong to this same religious tradition that comes from judaism christianity and uh, you know islam Uh, so for example when isis uh, conquered their territories uh, they have been given a few choices one was uh, either they convert, they could stay and pay the islamic state or they could actually uh, leave you know the, the, the the territory but they were given some kind of choices you see in the case of the Yazidis, since they don't belong to this tradition, for them they are infidels. So the Yazidis they were heavily targeted, and they were not given any choice: is they convert or they die. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, so it was very so. It's different the way they are targeted, actually. Yeah.
0: And then the actual perpetrators—you you mentioned ISIS, Al Qaeda, yeah. yeah. the Iraqi government itself—do they have different ways of targeting p- different groups as well? Uh, yes, because it
1: depends on the territories in, mm-hmm. the in which they are. For example, um, even even in the same minority group, uh, some of them they live in different parts uh, of Iraq. So if they live, for example, in the in the disputed territories, they are more at risk. I mean, you know, if they re- live, for example, in Erbil in the Kurdish region, in the capital, or in Dohuk or Sulaimania, they are more safer there. And this is the reason why a lot of people with ISIS, especially after 2014, they just uh, they just uh, sought refuge in in the Kurdish region in these main cities because they feel safer there. I mean, they are safe. No, they feel they are safer there. I mean, right. you know. But in some territories, uh, still they are targeted because, uh, of course, the situation is not um, clear. I mean, it's not clear who is in charge. I mean, to be honest, so. Yeah.
0: Um Professor, you are collecting testimonies of those who have been victims. What is the process involved and why?
1: well it's uh the process in Iraq is a little bit difficult to collect testimonies because um, you have to get into the communities you see so you have to have somebody with you from okay. the community which actually Gets to know them. I mean, you know, that's your trust. They have to trust you. Um, and collecting testimonies is a little, especially the archive, is a little bit difficult there because uh, uh, they don't have a culture of archiving or collecting testimonies a lot. There are some NGOs who are actually in charge of it. And uh, some of the minorities, they have NGOs which are collecting testimonies, but still it's not enough. It's very, very difficult to do that.
0: Do you, do you feel a personal risk? No, no, and your research no no, no,
1: no, no, I don't
0: think so So there's no intimidation, further intimidation of the victims when they share their stories.
1: Uh, well, there is no intimidation on me, but okay. I know that there, there, there are some intimidation on the victims, so in some places, for example, we had an interview recently with some people living in one of the border areas, and um uh they, d- they didn't want to be mentioned and they didn't want to be recognized because, of course, living in an area where they could be targeted again, I mean, you know, they're very, very afraid to talk. So in some way, yes, there are intimidation and people are intimidated. I mean, they, they, they don't feel very confident about talking, you know, yeah.
0: And what do you hope to do with the research? Um, once you've done your research and yeah. collected the testimonies, what is the next step?
1: Well, what I would like to do, f- f- first of all, f- the collecting the testimonies Huge job, I mean, in itself. I mean, you know, you're so looking at years, yeah, <laughs> okay. yes. Yeah, so, so, but I think, yeah, I think the research is important uh, because it could support, uh, for example, any any process of transitional justice, so you know that, that it can be it can start in Iraq. Uh, it's very poor now, to be honest with you, in comparison to other countries, but uh, hopefully, with this kind of research, it could be, you know. A, like um, um, support for them. I mean, you know, for for people who are actually looking uh, for information. You know, to build up cases, for example. I mean, in in case there are some kind of trials. You know, out hopefully on an international. So, so
0: you're looking for support from the international community yes, yes. rather than internal support where yes, legislation it, can be brought in to protect minorities. Yeah, because the
1: problem because the problem with Iraq is that Iraq, the Iraqi state didn't did sign the wrong treaty, you see. So the International Crime uh, Court cannot intervene ah. directly. So it's very difficult for them, I mean, you know, to, to intervene, even if people would like, like to, to do that, but they cannot do it in the way they did in other countries. I mean, you see. So I won't speculate on the reason why the Iraqi government didn't sign it (laughs) anyway and it doesn't want to sign it but uh, it it would be very very interesting to see how the international community can support this process because it's it's a very important one there will be no peace in that area without a real process of transitional justice there will be no peace there at all
0: I I think you're correct and I think it's not only in Iraq I think People need uh, across the world where there is so much trauma, people need to make sense of the yeah. worlds around them and to document it yes,
1: yeah, because if you don 't document it I mean it's very uh, there is no for example I, i've spoken with a lot of people with the Yazidis community. And they say, oh, we suffer a lot. They Hmm. did, I mean, especially women. It was very hard on women, especially. You see, they are very traumatized, I mean, you know, for what happened and everything. But the difficulty they have is to actually build up a case. I mean, you can, if you want to, an international court, you have to build up cases. And to build up cases, you have to identify responsible, I mean, people, I mean, pers- um, you know, uh, y- you have to do that because otherwise it's, it's not possible to, you know, to persecute people for their crimes. see.
0: Well, I think you're doing incredible work. You've basically taken on the plight of the minorities in Iraq and highlighting to the rest of the world the kinds of trauma that they suffer. So I wish you best of luck in your research and thank you so much for coming into the studio oh, and sharing more. Thank you for me.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Thank you very much.
0: So that was Professor Maria Coticelli who is professor at the International University of Erbil in Iraq and is doing studies on minorities in, in that country who have experienced violence, including genocide and ethnic cleansing.